0: Hi, everyone. Um, This is Nisa in New York. And today I'm talking to John in in Beijing. Hi, John.
1: Hi, Nisa. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good, good. It's good to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, always. Um, So today we're going to uh, be talking about uh, liver five. And um, I've been meaning to ask John about this because I'm trying to remember when this was, I feel like it was about eight, nine years ago. Um, on one of my annual trips back to Beijing to see Dr. Wong, um, uh, he was locating liver five, sort of posterior to what the textbook says in clinic. Um, And so I was just curious, John, because you were there with him during that time and sort of what the evolution was for um, the way he located liver five prior to that and how it changed to the sort of, you know, what we consider the current location of liver five, mm-hmm. or maybe actually to begin with, maybe you can describe where we're locating liver five right now.
1: Oh, right. So I'll I, I just, I'll just start from the beginning. So when I was dining with, I can't pinpoint all the, the exact dates. Like when I, when I noticed his like transition to the, the point that we use commonly now, like his location now, but um, for, I recall for, like my clearest memory is like when I, the earlier stages, when I was studying with him, Um, I remember him, like when he was going to consider using liver five, he would always palpate like three locations for it all on the same level, like on the same plane. So one would be in, I guess the textbook location, which is on the, on the tibia. And then, Mm -hmm. um, the other location he would palpate would be like, you know, on the, on the tibia, like on the posterior border of the tibia, there's, um, that like cleft in the bone. Mm -hmm. so sometimes he would uh, palpate into that too to see uh to check check that point that location Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. he's also would palpate like the location posterior to the spleen channel so there's like a a muscle space there's a space there that you can find posterior to the the spleen channel Mm -hmm. um like the first muscle space um behind the spleen channel there's a nice depression there so he'd palpate into that location too and Mm -hmm. then when he was deciding on using liver five he would um decide to use he would select the point or the location that was most sensitive so whichever point was uh, whichever location was most sensitive he just needled that one so some people would be mm-hmm. more on the the tibia some people would be right behind the tibia some people in that muscle space posterior to the spleen mm-hmm. um then i remember that i remember clearly like when we were teaching this to all the students who were visiting that we would i would always mention like oh there are three locations there are three locations and then but the last few years I was studying with him, that's when he majority of the time, I would say like ni- over 90% of the time he was just locating it in the, the space posterior to the spleen channel. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and probably, I mean, similar to the other points that he preferred, like it's because clinically he got more, uh, more of a response, right?
1: yeah i think there's one is uh palpation wise like when you Mm -hmm. like so also we should talk like the doctor's location the liver channel too was also Mm -hmm. um as a result was also shifting around that time too because One always believed that you know he's really inspired by that uh passage and i think it was chapter 10 of the the ling shu that says the channels are located in the spaces between the flesh Mm -hmm. so um so in that case it means like in the spaces between the what Dr. Ron calls the, the five junctions. So in between the mm-hmm. skin vessels, muscles, sinews, and bones. So in that, mm-hmm. so he's always trying to look for these spaces. So like um, based on palpation, he found a very clear space, which is um, um, for the liver channel, at least like he started to locate it, um, branching off behind the posterior to the spleen earlier than what's mentioned in the textbooks. So in textbooks, they always mention that it's like um, eight swin right on the mm-hmm. tibia and then you branch off. Uh, behind Mm -hmm. the the spleen but dr one would branch off earlier so he started to um each time i studied with him like you could see also the evolution of the liver channel so at one point in time he would palpate along the tibia up to liver five to that where that cleft in the bone is and then he'd branch off posterior to the spleen and then later on like his last few years i was standing with him he would branch off earlier so from like spleen six then he would from Mm -hmm. spleen six he would start palpating up in that space behind the the spleen. So it was mainly based, I think it was one was inspired by that quote in the the classics that says the channels are in the spaces. So it's a very Mm -hmm. clear space in that, like that muscle space posterior to the spleen. And secondly, you can feel a lot of things in that channel space.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And thirdly, like a lot of those changes you find in that liver channel space, that what we consider the liver channel now, it corresponds to a lot of liver channel disorders, right? So like it corresponds very closely to like, uh, liver channel Chi uh, transformation, liver channel pathology, um, mm-hmm. and then when you use those points, like use like for example, liver five, liver six, in that that region, that that spe- very specific space, you get very good traveling sensation, and the results are very good at treating you know liver channel disorders. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah, I just remember being very um, well. It's interesting because I think when you're the day to day apprentice seeing him sort of uh, work on these ideas, it can be be very subtle, right, this evolution. So Mm -hmm. I think at that stage, I was only able to visit Beijing once a year. So when I came and saw this, you know, quote, unquote, new location for liver five, it seemed really mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, because when I was studying with him, he would do two locations of liver five. So one would be the textbook sort of on the tibia. um, And then but so that would be the textbook location, but he would prefer to sort of go just to the posterior edge of the tibia and palpate there. And, you know, yeah. there is that notch in the bone, yeah. um, you know, and you know, the name legal, you know, like it, you know, so we were thinking of it as that notch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so clinically already we were using that point more than the textbook. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. So years later coming to Beijing and all of a sudden he was doing this uh, muscle space instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just remember bringing it back to my clinic here in New York and palpating it first. And, um, these cases where, you know, you want, I love liver five and I had wanted to use it a lot and I wasn't getting great results using that notch just posterior to the tibia. Yeah. Um, and so just that, um, shift in thinking and seeing the way he was palpating the point and, um, yeah, lots of really significant changes there. Right. Like, uh, like, I don't know what you feel, John. The thing I feel most is like, because it's quite a large point. And I feel like sometimes that spot, it's not so much prone to nodules, but it's almost like a hardening. Yeah. yeah. There. Um, it's almost like a flat nodule.
1: Oh, right, sort. right, right.
0: How would you describe what you find?
1: I feel a lot of different. Like for at least the patients I've been seeing, like I see some people might have a lot of tension there, like a really tight mm-hmm. space there, yep. especially mm-hmm. in a lot of male patients. I find that. And then yeah. other patients, like uh, like I guess my patients, sometimes it could be softer or empty. But mm-hmm. some people, I felt like um, I felt like yeah, I felt like lumps in that region too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I find that like in that area, you have to palpate deeper to feel the change, because mm-hmm. some people it might be just very soft on the superficial level, but when you go deeper, then you can start feeling changes mm-hmm. in theirs. Um, mm-hmm. For other people, it's very clear. Like you just go over very gently, and you feel like like very cl- like what you're saying, like a f- kind of flattened sensation. Or like some people might have a like a lump in that area too. Mm-hmm, I find mm-hmm. uh, that's what I feel the most, I think, in that area. Okay. It's very common, I think, very common. mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and yeah, tell me some of the sort of like indications you're seeing.
1: Um. You mean like what kind of symptoms they might patients might have, mm-hmm. or that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess I use like, so sometimes palpation, right? We might find changes at like at liver five, for example. But I might not necessarily use liver five for treatment. But mm-hmm. at least clinically, mm-hmm. it just tells us that you know the liver channel has problems, right? Then it, and yeah, and then we have to yeah. find like uh, you know which symptoms it might be related to. So for a lot of gynecological disorders, I find, you know, like you can find changes there from desmenorrhea to like uh, mm-hmm. uh, regular menstruation, mm-hmm. uh, like lower abdominal bloating, those kinds mm-hmm. of issues. For mm-hmm. men, I think sometimes some men with like testicular issues like um, pain or like um, bloating in that, that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, some patients with like insomnia, poor sleep, like related to like liver yeah. blood stasis, for example, I I've, I've found mm-hmm. that too. Uh, in general, like, you know, channel sinew issues like knee pain or hip pain, you know, related to, um, you know, the liver channel. I found that. How, how about you and your patients?
0: Um, yeah, very similar. And I think, um, yeah, really sort of, you know, the changes there are for me really tied to like, uh, even just like bigger picture, it's in, um, blood issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like blood heat, blood deficiency, blood stasis, mm-hmm. um, right? Like, so sinew wise, it's like kind of like a dryness of the sinews. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then yeah, lots of gynecological issues, um, like fibroids, like that kind of thing, where there's real blood stasis, and the way in, mm-hmm. um, I find that point very, um, or often it's involved. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, like, I don't always use it as the, you know, kind of similarly to all of the applied channel theory, it's not just if you find a a reaction at the point you use that point mm-hmm. but um something about you know it being the lower point, and you know it tells me a lot about the stagnation in the micro circulatory level of the dwayin mm-hmm. channel um so uh um yeah it's a very informative point i think
1: i think so definitely definitely mm-hmm. um okay mm-hmm. i have a question for you it's like when dr wang was palpating the liver channel when you were studying with him would he palpate along the tibia up until the eight swim area and then branch off? Is that how we would do it? Or
0: um, He was already branching off earlier than the eight swim. I feel mm-hmm. like um, because that little um, notch in the bone behind the tibia, um, I feel like he the palpation would sort of, like that notch in the bone would lead him sort of posterior to the spleen channel up to liver eight. Okay. So it was already, it was already at a lower point than like the, what the textbook says. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because do you remember that? Like, you know, so you come up from like liver two, liver three and you're sort of on the edge of the tibia and yeah, like, there's that, yeah. like that notch and it sort of leads you already like posterior. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh but yeah, even using this sort of like newer location of liver five, um, I do find that like, you know the crossing point then really becomes spleen six yeah. which makes a lot of sense to me in my head too, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if this is like, you know, this great crossing area then it would make sense that that's where liver would sort of thread behind the spleen. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Because from <laughs> what I remember when I, like because cou- there are a couple instances like I remember like earlier, earlier when I was studying with them that I remember once also palpating up along the tibia until the eighth mm-hmm. swing area and then branching off. But, mm-hmm. I, but then I remember I was like, oh, that's interesting because I remember there was then later, you know, I remember him focusing more on like, um, like going from liver five and then branching off and then later mm-hmm. doing this from spleen six and then branching off. But mm-hmm. I also remember clinically, though, sometimes he would spend a lot of time when he's palpating the liver channel on like the liver two, liver three area. Remember, like mm-hmm. he would really take his time palpating that a lot. So sometimes, yes. like I think if he was really busy, sometimes he might, he would, when he was really busy, he might not have time to palpate all the way up the liver channel. So sometimes he would just palpate quickly, like liver two, liver three. Mm-hmm. If he found mm-hmm. something then he would just he'd be like, okay, liver has issues. And then if he didn't mm-hmm. find anything, he just would move on to the next channel, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you um, remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would. I agree. I think liver two, liver three, um, uh, it was an area that he focused on. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, clinically for me too. Like, I think often everything you need to know, or not everything—that's too I- extreme. But like, I think so much of what you need to understand about the duanyin and the liver, you can find between liver two and liver three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even now with this um, this liver five, like muscle space, I use it almost as confirmation of what I might already be suspecting is going on in the way channel from mm-hmm. liver two, liver three.
1: Oh, that's really um, interesting. But
0: I find that liver five, and I think even in a prior conversation with Jason, I was saying liver two, liver three for me is kind of like the main area on the liver channel for mm-hmm. diagnosis. Um, but liver five, again, is kind of like good confirmation for me. So definitely, of, you definitely. know, like, um, in terms of even the spectrum, right? So like, it, let's say for example, it's liver blood stasis and it's kind of, there's this continuum of like how bad is the stasis versus how mm. bad is it like a deficiency? And I think mm. the, the, the kind of change like the character of the um, channel change at that space can sometimes inform um, my understanding. Oh, that's of,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Um. And then since you've switched to this new location, how how do you find it clinically in terms of your results? And
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I've, well, one, I get better chi sensation. Um, And um, I think I was trying to use that notch, you know, right behind the tibia and not always getting like good sort of um, Mm -hmm. radiation at the point. Um, So even in that sense, you know, and I think patients can even sense, you know, like there's like a release what kind of chi sensation do you get? Like, I feel like patients are like, Oh, like something like let go in that area.
1: Yeah. I find like with those patients, like with like a lot of tension there, then they'll feel like, Oh, like something is relaxed. Sometimes like mm-hmm. it can be like, um, like it's a pretty, uh, some people will feel like a deep soreness, but then also like yeah. a traveling, the traveling sensation is really good. Like going down, down to like, mm-hmm. at least the ankle, probably that region, mm-hmm. like down to like kidney three ish region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the main things it can be, but it can be pretty. And like, sometimes you can feel like the the muscle just twitch. Right. And then Mm -hmm. um, I I found that when we're palpating, like when you press, I used to do the comparison a lot between uh, the uh, posterior look, the location posterior to the spleen and then the one on posterior, the tibia, and then the one like directly posterior to the tibia and then one on the tibia. And I found that like the sensation is different, right? Like when you press Mm -hmm. in that area, posterior, immediately posterior to the tibia, it can be really sharp kind of sensation, mm-hmm. like pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the, I think the pain at, or the sensation when you press in the liver five posterior to the spleen channel, it feels more like, like a, a point, right? Like it feels like deeper, kind of sore kind mm-hmm. of point. Yeah. Swine. I think, yeah. And I think yeah. that's what patients will say too. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, it feels like some patients would mention to me like, oh, that actually feels like a point, like you're pressing.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: How about you? Did did you find anything difference when pressing on like, like the, the point you, like a stock runs old location of liver Mm -hmm. five with the new one. Did you notice anything different when patients were, when you were pressing in those points or comparing Um, those points?
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's exactly what you just said, where like the patient can feel like it feels more like a point. Mm -hmm. And I think in needling it, it also, to me, feels more like a point in terms of trying to get into the space and trying to, mm. you know, get the chi activated. So, um, so yeah, for me, that was a big, you know, like uh, an aha moment. That trip, you know, to be like, whoa, let me try this out. And um,
1: yeah, like are cause there any after, other
0: points? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I remember no, after
1: that trip, we would text once in a while and everything every time we would text have to send like text messages it was always about liver five I think Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. always like this is an amazing point <laughs> yeah
0: it just really I mean and it's you know it's a matter of sort of like you know a centimeter difference maybe on the body but mm-hmm. um it really yeah it really opened my mind because it then it allowed me to think of like you know the you know its function as a collateral point sort of differently and mm-hmm. Um, clinically also for me, you know, and it's really, it's intertwined, so it's difficult to differentiate, but, you know, like, uh, you know, I think in the textbooks, you know, anytime there was sort of like, you know, a blood stagnation, um, Mm. and often with gynecological conditions, you know, like it's drilled into our head that like spleen eight is the point.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Right. For blood Mm -hmm. stasis. And, um, and so I think. And, you know, often the spleen and liver are already implicated in Mm. gynecological conditions, but um, there were cases where I think I was leaning towards using the spleen, but palpating at this newer location of liver five actually helped me differentiate better, like Mm. where the blood stagnation was or where it needed Mm. to be unlocked. Does that make sense? Um, Have you found that?
1: Yeah, I find like it's I think some people it's very clearly like when you face some palpation, then you feel more like, oh, this is more like a drain foot drain liver channel issue or like blood stasis related Mm -hmm. to it. Like Mm -hmm. it could be to just like, I guess, cheese stagnation causing the blood stasis or some kind of blood stasis Mm -hmm. or could be like cold in the liver channel. Right. That's causing that Mm -hmm. blood stasis, too. But like what you're saying, like um, or like heat. Right. Or so I think that, yeah, I think sometimes you see cases like that that are very clear. I find that there are also sometimes some cases that are really compl- more complex where it could be multiple, right? Channels, right. Or or bo- the, both
0: channels are involved, right? Yeah, the
1: spleen and liver, and you're like, oh, yeah. which one? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I know. And then how, like, um, well, I mean, there's a combination that I really like also, where it's like you know, like using like spleen four as the it's the collateral and this chong mai, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, sometimes when it isn't clear, you know, like that sort of like, I mean, obviously more than cha- one channel is involved then, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes liver five I use as like a sort of like collateral assistant yeah, at yeah. the blood level. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I do that too. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like some patients I've had where I like, I, th- like, I think the main pathology was like tyene dampness, like, mm-hmm. like the, you know, lung cheese is not properly moving like the spleen nutrients. And that was the main cause of like their for example, a gynecological issue, mm-hmm. like the Desmoneuria or whatever. But then mm-hmm. sometimes I would add like, cause they would have maybe some like liver channel issues too. So mm-hmm. I might add like a liver five to like the tiny channel combination. I do okay. that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or then on the flip side, like sometimes I think it's mainly like a dra- drain issue. Like, uh, so I might use like hand or foot drain channel points as a main points. And then might add like a spleen channel point. Like I do that mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Well, you know, one thing I think why liver five also, for me has like this, like, uh, I don't know, it's such a learning moment for me also, because at this stage, you know, again, in my recollection, this was about like, maybe nine years ago, that I, you know, I saw him located this way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, at that point, he had been practicing for, you know, 50 years, and he, his, point locations and like all of that was still evolving, which mm-hmm. I think is another, like such a big example for us as practitioners, not to get locked in.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I don't know, just out of curiosity, like, have you had any like points where you're like, like just clinically through palpation or through using, you're just like, huh, like maybe it's shifting for you, like certain, certain locations. I feel that
1: I'm not yet. Yeah, I, I don't think I've, I think I've just, getting a better idea of what Dr. Wong was talking about. Like every time yeah. like I, I mm-hmm. use his, like his try to uh, approach like the point locations, according to his locations, I find that I'm just getting better at palpating for them, their location. Mm-hmm. And just sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself just thinking like, like oh, that's what Dr. Wong meant. Like when like this mm-hmm. point should feel like this, or I find that like, I feel like I'm just spending a lot of time just trying to catch up to him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I find. It's just, it's a very long, long process.
0: But I find yeah. myself
1: oftentimes being really like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, what- yeah. Like, that's why I have that yeah. pretty much on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because I think um. some points I, I, when, I, when I first started studying with them, I thought I had a grasp of how to locate it. You know, you'd be like, oh, you do it this way. You, you know, do this method and you, you can locate it. But then there's so many small subtleties, right, in the actual location. Mm-hmm. That I find right. it just takes a lot of time to just palpate, palpate, and palpate on a lot of different people. Because everyone's a little bit different. But then over time, like, you just get a better idea of, like, oh, that's how the point should feel, and Mm -hmm. that's where it should be located. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about – have you found points that you have an evolving understanding Um, of their location?
0: I mean, I think in a similar way. Like, in a way – yeah, I'm still catching up to Dr. Wong, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm still trying to – uh yeah just really understand what he was sort of feeling Mm -hmm. and uh and like you said like every single patient is like sort of another learning opportunity because Mm -hmm. you know all the sort of like nuances of you know someone's body and where the point is like I think it just uh um yeah it continues to evolve but no I haven't had any sort of like (laughs) epiphany like that (laughs) where I'm like oh this point is like now I know where it is yeah I'm nowhere close to that but um
1: we sell- I think yeah. Huh? We'll see what happens in 20 years, 30 years from now.
0: <laughs> I know. Give us 50 years and then check back in. <laughs> we'll have to do this podcast for that long. <laughs> we'll live
1: five in 30 years.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but, you know, you know, it makes me think, I mean, pretty much every day that I'm in clinic is that uh, you know, Dr. Wong always said that our patients are our best teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really true. You know, it really is like, um, uh, you know, sometimes someone's musculature, you know, it's just, it's different. And you have to figure out mm-hmm. where the point is, you know, fresh. So um, it keeps That's us tough, on our yeah. toes, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I do that a lot. Like, you know, when Dr. Wan, like if, if I'm slightly just not as careful when palpating for the point, and then you might not get the most ideal sensation or maybe no sensation at all. And I do what Dr. Wan would do often, which is just you pull out the needle remove the needle and mm-hmm. then repalpate that area and then mm-hmm. and then you then you're like oh I, I was just off by like one millimeter or something and then you mm-hmm. stick the needle back into that point and then oh the, they get the traveling sensation yeah and that happens to me yeah and I and you can yeah I can recall what Dr. Rang, you know the expression on Dr. Wong's face and yeah and how he'd be like oh just off by a little bit <laughs> you
0: know, like, yeah
1: yeah
0: right and that satisfaction that he would feel when it's like ah. Oh. And, you know, I th- we talked about this our last conversation, John, but just sort of like, you know, um, it's kind of like that soft stuff that we learn from him. That's mm-hmm. not about like points or whatever, but it's about that sort of like uh, like he was constantly challenging himself to get it right. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just like filled with sort of wonder when it happened, mm-hmm. you know, and just yeah. sort of uh, um, just how amazing mm-hmm. this medicine is. Yeah. So.
1: I also, I think another thing for him, like for what I I try to imitate in my practice is just trying to be more like to be as really concentrated and focused that he would have and be really Mm -hmm. calm too.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's why I try to, I try to try to do that in my clinic. And I think over time you try to, you, I think naturally that does happen, right? Like the more Mm -hmm. you practice it. Um, But I think, yeah, I find that when I am, you know, when you're more focused, more concentrated, more like grounded in grounded. a way that like mm-hmm. points are as easier to feel for the points, locate the points. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about you, but.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Even during this like sort of pandemic time of our lives, you know, like, you know, last year I wasn't allowed to work until July, you know, oh until God. we were allowed to go back into mm-hmm. clinic and, um, you know, it's been such a stressful time, but like seeing patients has been so, um, calming and mm-hmm. grounding for me because i think in that moment it's kind of like okay i can stop worrying about everything that's happening in the world and focus mm-hmm. on you know this patient in front of me and mm-hmm. you know like kind of just uh let's let's just try to solve what's happening here and mm-hmm. you know it's like a um it keeps me present oh, and yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like and then i leave work and i'm like oh it's the chaos of the world again <laughs> <laughs> like in my head so um uh Yeah, it is really, it's, uh, it is a really good lesson to just like, be present and Mm -hmm. um, focused. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, good. Thank you for sharing. I've, you know, it's something that's like, uh, gosh, I should really look back at my notebooks from all those trips and figure out what year that happened. It would be really
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah. I just remember we had a lot of discussions about it afterwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And And with Jason too, right? I think the two of you were, we were both, you were all commenting on it right like after I think I think it was a trip with Jason right was it
0: I believe Jason and Yafim were on that trip and oh really I I remember just yeah our minds were blown because again like I think Mm -hmm. you know like um when you get the opportunity to be there day to day like some Mm -hmm. of those like subtle changes like you know it evolves over time so it doesn't really um maybe it's not as noticeable but to have not been with him in clinic for a year. It was like, it was really sort of like, Whoa, how did he get here? <laughs> so I know I've wanted to pick your brain more about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So thank you for okay, no um
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll, we will talk again.
0: Uh, yeah. I look forward to it.
1: And have a good day. Is your morning?
0: Uh, yeah. It's my mid morning. Oh yeah. Okay. And it's late for you in Beijing. So <laughs> <laughs> have a good sleep.
1: Okay. Thanks. Lisa. Okay, bye. We'll talk later. Bye.
0: Bye.